0: Make no mistake, nations have been and will yet still be judged on their treatment of the Jewish people. As we're on the edge of the coming of the Messiah, the Son of David, we must say the future of Israel is bright, very bright indeed. That said, the question we ask is whether the future of the rest of the nations of the world is quite so rosy. Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. This is John Billington with you this week. Genesis 12 verse 3 reads as follows. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Simply, people and nations are judged on how they treat God's people, his chosen people. There may be other factors in God's judgment of a people or a nation, such as violence. You see that before the flood. But the treatment of his people, Israel, is certainly something that God does not take lightly. Read the following words from Deuteronomy 32. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found them in a desert land, and in the waste howling wilderness. He led uh, him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, and taketh them, and beareth them on her wings, so the Lord did lead them. And similar words are mentioned in Zechariah 2 and verse 8 but with a little more caution for anyone who thinks to harm his people it is written for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye simple equation you touch israel you poke the almighty god in the eye pharaoh in the old testament found this out as did many other nations some of uh, whom would be permanently destroyed for their treatment of god's people you see that with tyre and sidon for example and you can look that in look up that in ezekiel 26 and joel 3 What about these last days? God has clearly fulfilled his promise in bringing his people back to their land. The question is, is there any indication of God's thoughts about Israel's treatment today? Joel 3, clearly speaking of today, uh, has the following words to say. It's Joel 3 verse uh, 1 and 2. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. We know that's today. The captivity has returned. They're back in their land. Verse 2, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Notice, because they scattered um, Israel and parted his land, for that reason, um, God brings about judgment. The New King James puts it this way, And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel. If that's not enough, the words from Ezekiel 36, verse 1 to 10 uh, fill in a little for us as well. Also, thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, because the enemy hath said against you, Aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. Therefore, prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side that ye might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen of the nations, and ye are taken up in the lips of talkers, and uh, are an infamy of the people, therefore ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord God to the mountains and to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys, to the desolate wastes, and to the cities that are forsaken which became a prey and a derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen, and against all Idumea, which have appointed my land unto their possession, with the joy of their all their heart, with their despiteful minds, to cast it out for a prey. Prophesy therefore concerning the land of Israel, and say, unto the mountains, and to the hills, and to the rivers, and to the valleys. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have borne the shame of the heathen. The RSV says, Suffer the reproach of the nations. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up mine hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. Again, the RSV says, Shall themselves suffer reproach. But you, O mountains of Israel, continues on, are going to yield fruit. And um, he's going to multiply men unto them. And the cities will be inhabited and the wastes builded. So, because of their treatment of Israel, these nations are going to bear the shame. The shame that they put on Israel, they themselves will bear. So, what are the nations around doing today? Well, that depends on the nation. But almost across the board, they push Israel to give up territory to the borders of 1967, which, by the way, are virtually indefensible. Further to that, many, including the UN today, are pushing for Israel to lift the blockade on Gaza. And have you heard anything more ridiculous? First off, Hamas is a recognized terror group. Why is anyone pushing Israel to give in to their demands? Even with the blockade, (coughs) Hamas managed to smuggle rockets so that they can now target the whole of Israel's population. I've got an idea. Let's lift the blockade and see uh, what gets brought in. Even the fact that Israel is pushed into ceasefire is crazy. No other nation would put up with what Israel does. Since Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip, over 11,000 rockets have been launched at her. There is no such thing as land for peace with the so-called Palestinians. In fact, in 2000, Israel offered 97% of the West Bank and 100% of the Gaza Strip to Yasser Arafat. And for the the 3% of the West Bank Israel would keep, they were going to enlarge the Gaza Strip, actually I think by a third, and join the two pieces of land with a highway. Israel was turned down because simply... The Palestinian leadership did not want peace. They want the annihilation of Israel. It is there's there's no other excuse. There's no other reason. It's the truth. Now, I know, and I know it gets more complicated. And I do feel I feel terrible. And and Israel would say the same for the civilian, the true civilians in Gaza that are getting um, bombarded. But you can't hold Israel. Um, responsible when hamas uses the tactics they do i mean israel goes above and beyond what any nation has ever done to limit civilian casualties but you're dealing with a terrorist group who has no regard for life now on this point going back going this point giving up to land it must be said that any land that israel has gained since 1948 was won in a defensive war and this is very important, because Territory 1 defensively is much different than Territory 1 offensively. Not that it really matters, because I believe that God has given them back their historic homeland, and what the world says uh, it's kind of tough. But it does show the hypocrisy of the nations. And we make that point about the um, defensively versus offensively, because uh, land that is taken offensively, well, you can see the world gets uh, very upset about it. You can think of uh, Kuwait. You can think of um, Crimea and some of these other situations where it is an, a, a very hostile offensive takeover. That was not the case in 1967 when the West Bank was uh, was taken. Uh, they begged, well, they asked, they begged Jordan, don't get involved in the war. No, Jordan got involved in the war and the result is what you have today. But... The truth is, all Israel has ever wanted is peace. And unfortunately, Israel still finds herself surrounded by those that want her destruction inside and outside her borders. As a Haaretz article, which is a very left-leaning newspaper, and even they can see it, Haaretz article, headline read, Hamas, heavy on the fire, light on the cease." And I think the words of Psalm 120 are extremely fitting. It says, My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I don't know if there's a better verse to describe the situation Israel finds herself in. The Prime Minister of Canada is unique in this uh, regard in his speaking about Israel and his government's support of Israel. And concerning the current conflict in Gaza, he released the following statement. The indiscriminate rocket attacks from Gaza on Israel are terrorist attacks, for which there is no justification. It is evident that Hamas is deliberately using human shields to further terror, um, to further terror in the region. Failure by the international community to condemn these reprehensible actions would encourage these terrorists to continue their appalling actions. Canada calls on its allies and partners to recognize that these terrorist acts are unacceptable and that solidarity with Israel is the best way of stopping the conflict. Canada is unequivocally behind Israel. We support its right to defend herself, by itself, and against these terror attacks, and urge Hamas to immediately cease their indiscriminate attacks on innocent Israeli civilians. Canada reiterates its call for the Palestinian government to disarm Hamas and other Palestinian terrorist groups operating in Gaza, including the uh, Iranian-proxy Palestinian-Islamic Jihad. What we said at the beginning of this program was simple. Simply, people and nations are judged on how they treat God's chosen people. What brought this question to a head is, unlike the position of Canada, most nations are criticizing Israel, and in some cases, outright supporting Hamas. These nations include Britain, and even the U.S., under Obama's lead. A very interesting opinion piece was written in the English paper, The Daily Express, by Leo McKinstry, titled, We Will Pay a Terrible Price for Supporting Hamas. The following is from that article. Uh, He says, All this populist anti-Israel posturing is dangerous. It shows not the slightest grasp of the reality of the Islamist aggression in the Middle East and the depth of the challenge that Israel faces. In practice, denouncing the Jewish state means siding with the malviant, murderous forces of jihadism, a stance that not only represents a complete inversion of morality, but a suicidal disdain for the interests of Western civilization. With their habitual self righteousness, Miliband and Ashdown claim that Israel is losing the propaganda war. Israel has lost the support and sympathy of the world. Said Ashdown yesterday, speaking in his self appointed role as sp- uh, spokesman for the planet's citizenry. However, Israel is fighting a real war, not a propaganda war. It is up against a fanatical enemy, the Hamas terror network, dedicated to the destruction of the Jewish state. The idea cultivated by Western appeasers of radical Islam is that the Palestinian movement, um, the fact that the Palestinian movement is innocent, is absurd. The present conflict was started by Hamas firing rockets at at Israeli civilians, and since the beginning of July, more than 2,800 of these missiles have been launched. Britain would not tolerate an area assault without striking back, so why should Israel? The fact that Hamas's rockets have inflicted only a few casualties is a reflection of their poor technology, not of their users' lethal intent. Moreover, Hamas has constructed a series of tunnels into Israel, with the aim of inflicting more deadly attacks. Israel, like any other nation, has the duty to defend itself by destroying this terrorist infrastructure. In this context, the parrot cry for negotiations is fatuous. Hamas, an offshoot of the infamous Muslim Brotherhood, is not interested in a peace settlement, only in the annihilation of Israel and the Jewish people. Its founding charter drawn up in 1988 proclaims that Israel will exist... And will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it. Last week, an imam from a Palestinian mosque declared, Our doctrine in fighting you, the Jews, is that we will uh, totally exterminate you. We will not leave a single one of you alive. So on what aspect of um, anti-Semitic genocide is Israel supposed to negotiate with Hamas? Instead of um, traducing Israel, Western politicians and the media should face up to the terrifying global threat of fundamentalist Islam, of which Hamas is a key part. And he uh, finishes by saying, Rather than carping from the sidelines, Western politicians should support that goal. Israel is a bulwark of civilization against Islamism, Islamism, Ultimately, we will pay a terrible price if we betray this heroic nation. The Italian Foreign Affairs Commission President Fabio Shituto um, thats a tough one—led a delegation to the Knesset. Uh, I believe this week, this week, last week, and he was trying to convince the U.S. and the European Community that we may be exposed to the threat of terror, just like Israel. This is something that nations should be considering in voicing against Israel. Terrorists will not stop at Israel. In fact, as the United States has started bombing the terrorists in Iraq, some are starting to worry that they will be able to strike back. Time ran an article uh, on August 10th entitled, Experts warn of terrorism blowback from Iraq airstrikes. In his book entitled The Islamic Tsunami, David Rubin makes the following comment The return to the land of Israel is an ongoing process that is central to the redemption of the entire world. Even if all the Islamic terrorists united, they would be unable to stop this process. They may cause death and wounds and great destruction, but in the end they will fail. As I see it, the bigger question is where the rest of the free world will stand in the process. It too is threatened. By the monster islamic terrorism will the world stand strong with israel in its noble battle and stop the quranic terrorists from taking over the free world as we said from the beginning israel's future is bright very bright nations that are hypocritically turning on the jews however may find a rough road ahead Zechariah 8 verse 23 says thus saith the lord of hosts in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Uh, We highly recommend uh, a similar policy uh, for today's nations. Thanks for tuning in to the Bible in the News. May this next week herald the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. If not, come back next week for another edition of the Bible in the News.